today's message is one of those messages which is either going to be a, a now word for you, or it's going to be one of those messages you can put on your spiritual shelf and it will be useful, but there will be a bit at the end that will be for now for everybody. And so I want you to just listen along with me. And uh, we're going to talk today in our mindfulness series about recycling your pain. Every one of us carries some pain. Now, I am going to provide a little bit of an answer today about why pain comes into our lives. But listen, I want you to hear me really clearly. Clearly, just because we can answer something doesn't mean that we don't care about something. And that just because God has his reasons doesn't mean that his heart doesn't break when you're in pain. And if you're in pain today, or if you have got some historical pain that's not dealt with, understand that God really cares about that. I'm going to say that lots of times through my message today because I really feel like I've got a heart of a shepherd uh, about you who are there. So come with me, and I'm going to read a scripture in a few moments. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. I don't know whether you know this, but a few years ago, um, I, I did quite a lot of work uh, with uh, what's called a community police reference group around some troubles that were in the city. And one day they asked me to go down and uh, to make a video to encourage the police. And they said, please dress a little bit smart because we want you on the video. What they didn't tell me was, is actually the video was a cover because I was uh, due to meet the Prince of Wales and his wife, who was then uh, Kate, uh, Kate Middleton, but I guess she's Kate Windsor now. I don't know what her second name is. But, so I met Will and Kate and it was kind of like a standout moment, you know, I chatted to them and they knew all about our church and some of the work that we've been doing. Somebody had obviously briefed them and so I chatted to them and, and yes, uh, I just want you to know that they are as good looking close up as they are in magazines and it was kind of a bit of an overall moment and um, as I came out of the community center, it had all been kept secret, they, you know, they briefed me what to say and all the rest of it. As I came out of it, Sky News was there and they were interviewing people and all that and I walked through the crowd and I was overcome with grief for my mum. Uh, my mother had died two years earlier and even though, those of you know my testimony, I got to lead her to the Lord. But you know in those moments in life when you just know that that would have been something that my mom would have really enjoyed hearing about and chatting about. And uh, I felt like, I know I'd called Kathy and we'd had a chat about it and that's fine. But I felt like, man, I really miss making that call because my mom would have really enjoyed it. And we all have levels of pain that sit in our lives, uh, either regrets or loss, or, and, and we have to acknowledge them. You see, biblical mindfulness is about hearing what God has to say in that moment. Mindfulness is a, is a mature view of life that says, not everything's going to be perfect, 
But neither do I have to accept everything that comes in my life either. And so you walk this, it's not a tightrope, but it's kind of a, a pathway of, well, that shouldn't be in my life, but actually that part of my life, it's not perfect, but God's using it anyway. Turn with me to the scriptures, will you, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. And let's just read a few verses of how Paul received God's comfort. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. We comfort from what we receive. Just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we're comforted, it's for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. Paul's saying some things that happen to you actually you can help other people with them, and we're going to come back to that. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also will you share in our comfort. Paul's words here tell us that we need comfort. And because we need comfort, by implication, he's saying that we will be in pain. And, and some of the times, what we do as Christians is because we have this view that because we've come to Christ, everything should be perfect, we waste our pain. We don't hear what God wants us to hear through it. And sometimes we, we, we battle through our pain, never saying to God, well, what are you saying? Now, let, let me... Uh, let me kind of say that some of us might even say, well, why does God even let us have pain? I thought he, you know, takes away our burdens, takes away our sins. Why, why should we even have any pain? And, and in a few moments, I'm going to share a few ideas that Pastor Rick Warren actually said. But let, let me say this to you. One thing that I have found about when we receive pain is that God allows some pain because he's got more of a plan for us and so, even though he sees the desires of your heart, even though he knows what you want, even though you, you might have had something taken out of your life, even though something's happened, God sees the higher plan for your life. And sometimes he delays and postpones what you want because he's keeping you from something that would be worse for you in giving you what you want. And some of you are praying, you're asking for something, and God's saying, I've got to hold that back for you, from you, because I see something even worse that could come on you if I let that happen. You see, we have to swim in the mystery of Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that says, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And I know some people use that as a coverall to everything. But God has his higher plan, his better plan. And even though it's tough right now, just sit under his loving hand because he's got a plan for you. 
Rick Warren tells us that uh, also that sometimes we go through pain because we've got a free will. God wants us to love him because he wants us to love him from our hearts, not as a robot. And sometimes when we use our free will, we make some choices that cause us pain that God wouldn't have, allowed, would, uh, wouldn't have wanted us to make. And when there's everybody around you and they've all got a free will, it's obvious that sometimes some people are going to make some choices that cause other people pain. The pain comes because... God doesn't manufacture and manicure everything in our lives, but allows us to walk in our freedom just enough so we don't destroy ourselves, but enough that sometimes we cause ourselves pain. C.S. Lewis said this. He said that God whispers to us through our pleasures, but He shouts to us through our pain. And sometimes it's the pain in our life that gets our attention that, that kind of refocuses us on what's really important. Remember, Jonah was running away from God, and in the belly of the whale, he prayed this, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to your holy temple. It was only when Jonah was constricted and in pain that God got his attention. And I wonder today, not that God has afflicted you, but I wonder if things have crushed in around you that God's trying to get your attention on something. That he's trying to say, hey, why don't you remember me? You see, our pain further refines us. It, it, It makes us better. Proverbs 20 verse 30 says, blows and wounds scrub away evil and beatings purge my inner being. And I'm not suggesting in any way that we should move towards the negative in order to be better. You know, there are some Christians that harder life gets, the sourer they get, and, and you know, they drink vinegar as, as their pop. Uh, you know, I'm not suggesting we don't live in joy, but sometimes what pain will do is refine us and make us stronger and more resilient. Remember that Peter the Apostle, when he was writing to the uh, dispersed Jews, he said, the testing of your faith makes it like refined gold. I just want to say to you that sometimes pain just refines you, makes you stronger. I don't want to use a cliche about no pain, no gain, but maybe That's something that comes into our thinking as we think this. But here's one of the biggest things about why pain comes into your life. Pain grows us so that we can serve others. In this broken world, some people need to hear your restoration story. Some people need to hear how you handled that terrible incident because they are going through that terrible incident. And when you tell them how you went through it, it encourages them and helps them through it. Sometimes God puts pain in your life or allows pain in your life so that you can serve and minister to others when they are going through their pain. This broken world needs your restoration story. Let's go back to our, our text. It says, he who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. You see, 
God uses your pain to put something in your life. You get something from God, and you can pass that on to somebody who is going through a difficult time. You're God's missionary to their pain because you've learned to trust Him in your pain. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds in Christ. If we're distressed, it's for your comfort. No, you might be going through something because God knows he can trust you with it so that you can help someone who's going to go through the same thing. Someone needs your story. And that's why some of you are going through what you're going through. Because when God puts this in your life, as the Bible says, it produces in you patient endurance for the same sufferings that we suffer. You are the best person to help somebody with the problem that's like yours. If you, hey, if you, I was brought up by a single parent. I know what it's like to be in a home with a single parent. I can talk about that. And I, I'm, I, because I've had that experience, I can talk about it. And I understand it and I know it. You're the best person to help a person with a problem just like yours. And sometimes we turn to pastors, we turn to books, but actually, You're the letter of God written to the world, and He's using you to serve others. I do want to say to you, though, that historical trauma and historical pain needs to be acknowledged so that it can be resolved. And it it may never be solved, but it can be resolved. Unacknowledged pain will always cause you difficulties later on. Unresolved trauma will always cause you difficulties later on. Confession is better than repression. That's what Lecrae, the singer, says. He always says that, you know, that if you press something down and don't at least acknowledge it or don't deal with it, it's like a jack-in-a-box. It's like one of those things on a spring, and eventually it will spring out just in inopportune moments. So just briefly, how, how do you process pain? And let me say, and let me say really clearly, it's so important that, that in talking about pain today, we're not just answering it. We're not, we're not just saying, okay, now you've got the answer so you can move on. Actually, I want to say it to you again. God feels your pain. We hear your pain. And God wants to speak into it and minister to it. And it may not be better just yet, but at least I want to open you up to saying, God, come in. Come into this place, this place where I'm struggling. First of all, if you're going to process your pain, you have to say to yourself, what is it it telling you? What What do you think it means about you? Does it mean that you're this person? Really? What is your pain telling you? You see, it may not be telling you the right things. I I love those songs that we sing. You know, I am who he says I am. Uh, You know, I am what you say I am, God. 
You see, your pain may be telling you that you're something, that you're not worth something, you're not, you're not up to something, or that happened to you because it was your fault, or whatever. But actually, I, I love the songs when we say, I am who I am because the I am says who I am. I don't know whether I even got that right, but I know what I mean. I am who he says I am. And the first way to process our pain is, is to listen to what it's telling you and saying, is that true? Is that, is that really who I am? What is your pain saying? Is it actually true? Because often it's not. It's through the lens of tension and warped feelings. Does your historical pain have a major role in your life now? Does it need to take that defining role in your life now? The fact that that happened so many years ago, or uh, does it mean that, okay, that's happened, so it colors everything now? Is that really how you want to live your life for the rest of your life? Now, that's not to say, oh, we just dispense away with it, but actually, I'm talking about definition here. Does that really need to define who you are now? You see, it's really important that you begin to say, hey, I, I need to be who God says I am in this moment, not that life. In fact, isn't that the essence of Christianity, that old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new? The other thing about processing pain is you need to talk it over with someone. Unconfessed pain, confession is always better than repression. Remember, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 7 says, and the hope for you is this firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, we also share in our comfort. How are you going to share? How are you going to share in suffering if you never talk about it? You know, how are you going to live right now? You, you need to at least confess it, not, not in a shame way, but in a say, hey, I'm just acknowledging this, I'm talking this through. And you know what I do? I regularly go for regular health checks on those issues. I check out whether or not I've let something creep in. I don't know, it's time. I just feel like it's time in our church right now for one or two people, instead of sitting in that historical situation, that you begin to process it. You begin to get the biblical mindfulness of saying, what does God want to say about my life now? I believe it's going to speak to you this week through the Scriptures or something like that. Uh, as, As you go through your ordinary life, You have to be prepared to build uh, your resources so that you can deal with with pain that may come. Uh, You know, it's important that you begin to live your life. And this is the part of the message that may be for everybody. Maybe maybe you haven't had much pain in your life and you put this message on a shelf and say, I'm going to remember what Pastor Mark said. Maybe you've gone through pain and, and some of these things have spoken directly to you now. But just for a moment, I wonder if I could ask you to build up some resources for the future. I don't know what type of person you are. I was talking to one of our worship team earlier and saying I was going to mention this, but some people are like speedboat people, aren't they? You know, they're like running through, you know, they, they just drive through everything. They're clipping along the waves. They're looking to the side. The wind's in the air. I'm going for it. I just do it. I'm a Nike. They've got a Nike swash on their chest. I'm a speedboat. 
going off into their future. And the trouble is with the speedboat person is that sometimes when they run out of gas, they become like the second person. You see, speedboat people often look about at the person I'm about to describe, a raft person. A person who kind of sits on a raft and kind of says, you know what, I'm just going to drift and let it happen. I'm going to go with the flow. And speedboat people look at those people and say, wow, what a waste of time they are. Speedboat people are really stressed, raft people may be laid back. And you may be saying, yeah, I'm a raft person, but you know, it's not really good to be a raft person because you can get blown about everywhere. And the Bible says, don't be blown about by every wind of teaching. You know, so don't be a raft. In fact, when the speedboat person runs out of gas, they've all the time looked across at the raft person and uh, thought, wow, man, they're a waste of time. But when you've run out of gas, you become a raft. You become a speedboat just floating around. See, the best way to be is actually to be a sailboat person. That you actually put your sail up and let God's wind carry you. You see, in a sailboat, you need practices and routines. You need to build up, like Pastor Nick said earlier, healthy practices and routines. You, you have to trim the sail. You have to have the right navigation. And, and you've got some routines that help you sail that boat. To be a sailboat boat person, and this is really key. Listen really carefully now. To be a sailboat person, you have to respond to your current situation. You see, when you're sailing a boat... You can't live in the future because, that, because you need to respond to what's happening in the waves and the wind right now. And you can't live in the past. Now, we all are children of time and we all have a future and we all have a past. But you have to know, well, what's happening right now? How can I be the best that I am right now? Sailboat people say, I'm working towards that, but this is what I need to do now. What do you need to do this week? If you, need a, if you work on a sailboat or you, you're a sailboat person, you need a crew around you. And I'm just wondering, who are your crew? Yo, I wonder who your crew is, you know? <laughs> I, I'm down with the kids, me, you know? But a crew doesn't take over. They each have a role. And I wonder if you've got people in your life that are your crew. A sailboat person is never a lone speedboat person. They have a crew around them. I want to encourage you to connect. But you know, the most important thing if you're going to be a sailboat person is you need a sail. You need to lift up and say, God, what are you providing? What are you giving? Let me go with that. You need to live in the margin of well, God, this is what you're giving me. He's giving wind to you. He's, he's placing things in your life to propel you forward. And some people, they have brought their sail in because they're so much in pain and they don't realize what God is trying to do is to blow you forward away from that situation. So listen, you need to lift up your arms, lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes to the hills. Where does your help come from? Look at what God's providing. Look who he's providing. Lift out your sail and let God blow you forward from that pain. We need to live in that margin. You see, your pain means that you actually have value and you have purpose. 
As you're experiencing things, God's saying, I can trust you with that so I can shape you, so I can use you in that. It understands that means that you have lots of value in God. God doesn't allow pain in some people's lives because you can't trust them with it. God's shaping you through it. You're valuable enough to shape. He wants to use you. Your purpose shines out as you help others with what you've gone through. Don't let the pain in your life stop you being all that you should be. Actually, become God's missionary with your pain and say, it's not that you just inappropriately share about it and every time somebody opens up a conversation you hear about your pain instead of theirs. But at the right moment, God wants you to speak life into others. Hey, I'm going to ask the worship team just to come back, if you will. But I want to put something really before you, BCC, and anybody else who's watching. I want you to, I want you to take you forward into time. In fact, I'd like to take you forward into eternity. And, I, and I, I don't know how long. Can you imagine? Uh, I better be careful what years I use. Can you imagine 75 years in, a, in advance? Or should I say 100, 120 years in advance when, when most of us, I'll, I'll just be careful what I say, when most of us have passed on. And I don't need you to just imagine that you've been 50 years in heaven. You know, you've been praising God for 50 years. He's, he's put that purpose in your life. Can you imagine that, Luca? You know, you're in heaven right now. And wouldn't that be great? Would you imagine this? I want you to think about this, BCC. You imagine you've, 50 years you've been in heaven. I know there's no time in heaven, so I'm, I'm actually, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about today. But, you know, you've been there for about 50 years, and someone comes up to you. And somebody says to you, I want to thank you for being so faithful at church. Because after you'd passed away, that church was able to carry on because of your faithfulness. After you've passed away, and I went to that church because you'd been faithful for it to carry on, and I received Christ because you were faithful enough to see that church through. I wonder if you can be the sort of person that is faithful in your own difficulties. And what about now, BCC? What about now as we are going through this pandemic? And I wonder if the Lord's saying to us, don't give up, don't give up, be faithful because there's a big harvest coming. You just get, get through this, enduring this as well. And I just want to thank you if you're new to our live stream. I saw... Uh, fitness sister on the feed again and and uh, we really want to welcome you to our church but i wonder if because of your faithfulness that that god's bringing the harvest and so i want to say to you don't let your pain stop you being all that you can be in god because as he uses you in many many years time there'll be a harvest. What does the Bible say? We'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. I know that you might be hurting right now. And I know that some of the reasons I've given for pain may not have even sat well with you. 
but I wonder if you could make sure that the church goes on for future generations. So it's time now to not let your pain rule you, but for you to allow God to rule your pain. Every single person right now, if you'll just open up your hands and say, okay, God, this is tough, tough for me, but I'm giving you my pain now. In Jesus' name, amen.